Imagine if you could shop the shelves of all your local liquor stores at the same time. Well, spoiler alert, you can with Drizzly, the number one alcohol delivery app. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly is giving all new customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code SAVE5 at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. Hello and welcome to Golazo, the Mexican football podcast from the Football Grad Network. I'm your host, Bryce Dunn. And joining me, as always, Manu Vets. Manu, how have you been? Yeah, very good. How about you, Bryce? I mean, I have to tell you, we have spring, 15 degrees, sunshine, blue sky. I love this time of the year. So I'm doing really well, but how is it going over there in London? Well, it, it was obviously raining when I was walking home from work today. As to be expected, I suppose, but it, it's a little bit warmer. It was um, cooler this last, um, well, 10 days ago, I suppose. There was lots of snow, and more snow than what we would normally anticipate, but I would say by Canadian standards, not very much. But um, it's it's somewhat warmer now, and the weekend wasn't too bad, if, if, if we're to be very uh, British and speak about the uh, weather. <laughs> but um, we're not alone. Someone has finally come and joined Manu and I on here. Um, I don't know what is Swedish for hello, but Ollie, you're back. I am back. It's been like far, far too long. It's probably been, what, three or four weeks at least. I'm finally in London, still not, not able to podcast in my own place. I had to do it at my girlfriend's because I don't have internet installed there yet. But I'm here and I'm ready to talk about Mexican football again. Wow. I mean, do you even follow Liga MX anymore? Oh, of course I do. Yeah, I mean, I still, I'm on, I still follow all the Twitter accounts and everything, and just try and keep up to date as much as possible. Maybe I can't watch as much as the football as I'd like to because of the hours I now work, but I'm, I'm still keeping up to date with everything. Of course, I, I, I can't let it go that easily. Obviously, we're kidding, and we we know that you'd, be, you'd still be tuning in. How could you just end it like that? Exactly. You know, with League MX, say. But, um, guys, I suppose let's get into it. We've got quite a few things to discuss, and Manu and I um, discussed quite a bit last week uh, about the CONCACAF um, Champions League. Um, Manu, we kind of said that the Mexican sides, well, should win most of the ties, um, maybe for you know, the, the Toronto game, uh, which you mentioned you would be the toughest of the ties. But... Um, yeah, it, it really didn't go very well for the Mexican sides against the the U.S. teams, the um, the MLS sides, like coming out on top on all three ties. A bit of a shock, Manu. Yeah, no, I mean the I think there's only really one result that's a huge shock, right? And that's the Club Tijuana New York Red Bulls game, which we thought Tijuana would have. Uh, the other two games, we weren't actually that. Um, positive about Liga MX sides going into it. Uh, Toronto Tigers was a 50-50 toss-up, which it was when people that watch the game, when you watch the game, um, Tigers had most of the first 45 minutes and Toronto had all of the last, second 45 minutes. And Seattle Sounders, I mean, this is the team that finished second in the, in the MLS Cup behind Toronto. 
the last season and the 2017 season. And they are on very good form. It's a very good side as well, you know, and, um, we, we thought that they would probably have a good chance beating Chivas on the road. And that's exactly what they did. And, you know, one of those things, one of those tweets that I saw, um, tweeted out because the Seattle Sounders Chivas game was, of course, the last game of the bunch. And at that point, um, Tijuana was already beaten by New York Red Bulls. Toronto had lost, um, and were beaten, uh, Tigers earlier that day. And then, uh, Clint Dempsey scored late in the second half to kind of round up the, the, the results for the, the MLS sites. And one of the, um, I can't remember which one of the accounts it was, but it was one of the Mexican accounts that I followed that, of course, it was Clint Dempsey that would score and kind of, um, round up, which was not a very good week. For Mexican sides, right? Um, I had, I tweeted out the, the headline, um, from Record, um, the newspaper, the one of the big sport papers in Mexico. And what was it? Um, it was unacceptable, inexcusable was the headline, um, following those three games. So that's, I mean, we have to remember it's halftime now, right? But uh, going by the first half, um, not so many good results there. No, definitely not. I mean, I suppose let's get this one out of the way. America did beat Toro, the 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 Panama side, four um, 0 Um That was to be expected. I I think Toro had done uh, rather well to get to this stage of the competition, and uh, yeah, they're they're going to have a hell of a job at turning around a four 0 deficit. Even though they're going to be at home, they didn't pick up any away goals, and I think that ties more or less done and dusted. America. Uh, somewhat more reliable, uh, more sturdy, and obviously the, the, the more superior team um, compared to Toro. Uh, but if we look at the other games, yeah, I mean, uh, Oli, can you see uh, Tijuana possibly uh, turning around a 2-0 deficit against uh, New York Red Bulls? Uh, they will be away from home, but they've also conceded two away goals. Yeah, those two away goals are going to be absolutely crucial for them trying to turn it around. I was looking at some stats earlier, and the last, and obviously, two I have to go and score two at least to have any chance of getting through. And the last time they did that away from home in a sort of competitive competition, I'll ignore the league, uh, the Copper MX, was 12 games ago. Mm. So they're not exactly that good on the road. And that game was also against Lobos. So you sort of have to take that game with like a pinch of salt as well, knowing obviously how bad they can defend. I've already dropped in talking about how bad Lobos defend with my first sentence back on the pod. So, <laughs> but. It's, I mean, they rested players at the weekend, obviously, in preparation for this. Some of the key names, like Musto, Miller, Bolanios was also rested as well. Can they turn it? I mean, they've got the firepower to turn it around, but on paper they do. But it's going to be tricky, going, to, especially going away, going to New York. Red Bulls are going to be, obviously, no, they've got that two-guard fire to They can just like sit back and just defend the entire game. So I can actually see New York doing this, doing one over on one of the league of sides and getting through. Yeah, I, I would concur. I think they, New York is going to get this one. They were very good on the weekend against Portland. And Portland mm-hmm. Timbers are a very, very good side, very good MLS side. And they beat them 4-0 at home in um, Harrison, New Jersey. I can, I, I mean, yes, everything is possible. But the, the moment New York score one, right, then yeah, that's it's already it. three. Um, yeah. And that's... And that's totally possible. The, the way MLS sides play, that's totally possible. And you know, that, that early advantage that Liga MX sides had of 
MLS teams not being in in the in rhythm of a season, right? Because the the earlier stages of Concacaf Champions League is of course before MLS the MLS season kicks off. They're now two match days in, and they have several of these these uh, MLS sides playing in Concacaf. Also have a, a round a full round of um, Concacaf fixtures in their legs as well, right? So that mm-hmm. rustiness is gone um, completely, one hundred percent. So you will not be able to surprise them that way. I I find it very difficult to see. Tijuana turn turn this one around. I think that they will be the one gone, um, and I think that you know for New York um, that that's massive um, because they they're going to get um, Chivas or Seattle in the next round, which mm-hmm. I think either one of the of those two sides is is doable for them, right? Um, so yeah, that's a that's very big for them to eliminate Holos at this stage of the tournament. Yeah, I, th- I think you know. Ollie, as you said, you know, Tijuana maybe on paper have the firepower to uh, to to get two goals um, away from home, but but actually in practice, I, I suppose if we if we look at the league campaign, they've now played eleven games, they've only scored ten goals, you know, so that they've scored less than the actual number of games that they've played. So goals is a real issue for them at the moment, and I know it's only two games, but if we look at the MLS um, with uh, Red Bull. In their first two games, they haven't conceded any goals, so it's 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 not looking in their favor, really. If you look at the stats, is it? I think it'll be a, a somewhat of a shock if they're able to turn this one around. If we're being honest, but let let's maybe look at a few of the other games. So we'll we'll touch on the Canadian side, uh, Toronto, um, who were at home uh, taking on Tigres. Um, Tigres obviously taking the competition very seriously. Um, you know. D- I would imagine that they'll be eager to add this one. Uh, well, I suppose they all will to to a degree to add this to the trophy cabinets. But uh, Vargas put them ahead uh, 1-0, getting that vital away goal on the 52nd minute. But Jose Altidore scored um, almost instantaneously on the on the 60th minute and then Rosario to put them 2-1 up. Uh, Manu, if, if we look at this fixture, 2-1 when you're a away team, and you get that way goal, it does give you hope, doesn't it? And it sets it up that, you know, it's it's in a pretty good position for you. You know, you just need to get that home goal and all of a sudden you you're going through uh you know with the away goal rule. Um this is 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 it maybe wrong of me to say that it's 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 in Tigres's hands at the moment? Yeah, that's that's a very good question. I mean, we we put, we labeled this as clash of giants, right? These are the two probably the two best sides on the continent at the moment, uh, Toronto and uh, Tigres. And um, this game has been very much hyped up um, here in Canada, but also in, in the rest of North America because Toronto is such a big team and they have um, basically the the equivalent. The MLS equivalent of Tigers. They have spent a lot of money on very good players. Um, they have a very good side. Uh, they were able to sign even more players, um, more good players, um, during the, during the winter. And they're also a team that are not done yet when it comes to acquiring players. And, um, you know, with the firepower that they have, I think that the, the, the one thing that surprised me that for the first 45 minutes or so, they, they seemed to be very nervy in that first leg. And it took them about, it took them until Vargas scored to really get into this game. And after Vargas scored, you know, they, they merely quickly equalized and then they got, of course, a late goal, um, 
to make it 2-1, but I felt actually that Tigers couldn't have complained if the in the end the game would have been 3-1 for Toronto, or maybe even higher. Mm. Toronto are a very, very good side, and I think what Toronto have in their favor, and I get this real sense when I listen to some of the shows coming out of Mexico, some of the newspapers that come out of Mexico, there's a real sense that this team is underestimated quite a lot. Um, that doesn't mean, of course, that Tigers cannot beat them. Of course they can. I mean, Tigers are a very, very good team as well. These are two very good teams. And I think um, the one thing that maybe Toronto has in their favor right now is that they're very much underestimated. And there's a bit of a sense almost of arrogance um, among among um, Mexicans going and watching this team, right? Because Liga MX has dominated Major League Soccer for so long. But you get almost a sense that MLS is on the up. And we have talked about some of the structural problems at Liga MX, in Liga MX, and with some of the sides, and that they may be a little bit on, on a downward slope at the moment. So I think if Toronto win this, that would be actually almost like a wake-up call. And I think Toronto really could. I think Toronto could actually get a result in Mexico. I mean, New York Red Bulls showed that it's possible to win in Mexico, and Toronto have a far better side than New York. Oli, obviously we're going to go to you for your opinion on this as well. I mean, how much... Um well, how much hope can uh, Tigres have you going into this with that away goal? Yes, they might be one down with the 2-1 um, aggregate that they'll be going into, but they are at home. And as Manu said, they're, they're both sides of very talented players, players with a, a lot of ability. And uh, Gignac seems to be um, well turning up more than, than he has done in the last few months of recent time. Yeah, I totally agree. It was surprised to see Gignac actually on the bench for this game, uh, considering how Seriously, Freddie's been talking about it this tournament for absolutely ages now. I was surprised to see him drop to the bench for such a crucial away game. Obviously, the form he's in now, he's got eight goals this season, scored a cracking goal at the weekend. It's good to see him back scoring again, and you've got to think he'll surely start this game. I think the one player I think is going to be absolutely pivotal for them, and he missed the uh, game in Toronto with a, a just like a muscle injury, was a Rafael Carioca mm-hmm. in midfield. I mean, because it, they had to, instead they had to play Larry Vasquez, who they signed for some Colombian side, I can't remember who, and he's just not up to the standard of Carioca. He's been pretty immense since, I think, like the quarterfinals of the Apertura. I mean, it's it just been absolutely flying. And to have him miss out in the midfield, it's such a pivotal player. And so, like I said, replacing with Vasquez isn't good enough. So having him come back in will add just like an extra bit of steel and grit to that midfield. I think there's definitely hope for them. We know Tira can score goals whenever they want to. Some, they may not show it at times, like the way they are. They're a bit sluggish, the way Freddie plays it, the way he has his tactics set up. But I think if they want to, they could really go at Toronto here. Obviously, Toronto are probably like the, like just saying, the like American equivalent of Tigra. But I, I would slightly fancy Tigra given the way they're playing in the league at the moment. And also the fact that Carioca will be back in midfield. I think he's such a key player for them in midfield. Just, he's just so key. He sort of helps make them tick a little bit. Yeah, most certainly. I, I can only imagine, as we said as well, that Zinek will probably start this game. He only yeah. came off the bench at uh, the start of the second half, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, though, uh, Ollie, you make a good point. I'm uh, talking about Tigres. Um, you're playing rather well. You in in the league. They're they're now up to second in the club. Or no, sorry, up to fourth in the class era. But if we look at their home form, they're second. Uh, with six games of one five and drew one, so you know that that that's the type of form that you want to have going into this um, kind of second leg. I would imagine it's going to be a rather interesting one because, as Manu um, has said, 
and man who knows as well. He's, he's man knows quite a bit about MLS. Toronto um, aren't aren't a, a bad side at all. In fact, they're a very dangerous side. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they lost their opening game to the season two Columbus Crew, I I think they're uh, they're going to have a rather good season um, in MLS. But let's talk about the, uh, the final uh, game here uh, in. Seattle Saunders uh, went 1-0 up um, with a Clint Dempsey goal in the 78th minute against Chivas. Um, this was played in Seattle, meaning that obviously Chivas um, have the opportunity to play them in Mexico this week and try and undo the wrongs. Um, we'll go back to you, Ollie. Um, I mean, Chivas, Chivas haven't been very good for some time now, have they? They've, they've had some, a bit of a, a troubled spell uh, domestically. Um, do do you think they'll be able to pull this one round? I re- I really don't know. This is the one time I'm really struggling with because teams yeah, they they haven't been good for about coming up to probably like a year now. Okay, they they might have won the title last like this time last year, but even then the performances were sort of dropping off. And they just sort of got progressively worse and worse over the last like seven eight months now. I mean, they struggled to a win at the weekend away at Lobos, only scoring the once, but and I mean and and they did rest key players there as well, like Pizarro was rested in that. And again, they, they rested players in the first leg as well against Seattle. Like, Aris Hernandez was rested. Uh, again, Pizarro was on the bench, which just seems a, a little bit strange for these Mexican sides. It's probably what Manny was saying, but maybe the Mexican uh, squad like underestimating what MLS sides can actually do. And clearly, the, in the first leg, it's been a bit of a shock to them. It's going to be, because like, this is such a key game, not just for Chiefs, but for Almeida. I can, I, I can really feel like if he... If they get knocked out here, I can see him maybe having one or two more games, and then that's going to be it for him because they're not going to do it. They're not going to do anything in the close there at the moment. They're okay, they're four points off Monterey, but two wins in eleven is pretty poor. Seattle are quite a good side. I think it was who was the player who I thought looked quite. Is it Lodero for Seattle? He looked really, uh, in the highlights. Mm-hmm. I thought he looked he, yeah. he looked really really yeah it was him. He looked really really good, and they couldn't seem to just pin him down at all. So he's going to be a player for them to focus on, but. I mean, on their day, Chivas, we know what they can do. They can sort of rip through teams, but they've done that so sporadically in the past year now that it's going to be tough. I can see them scoring, but I can, I can just see them conceding as well. So I'm, I can actually see Chivas going out as well. Yeah, Chivas, um, talking about um, home form, Chivas have not won the Clausera at home at all. And yeah. the, they've actually, in both campaigns, have only won once at home. So... So you know, if, if if we look at stats, I mean, especially in cup competitions, stats can be completely thrown out the window. But that's that's not a favourable one. That's not what I would want my side, ha- you know, holding going into um, a, a tie like this. Um, and just to go to you, uh, Manu. I mean, first of all, do you think Chivas will be able to pull this one round um, uh, and progress to the next round? And secondly. It seems like the uh, Mexican press haven't taken kindly to uh, Clint Dempsey being that goal scorer um, in the first leg. I mean, obviously, it it doesn't look good, you know, MLS versus Liga MX, um, you know, in that three MLS sides won. But but why the uproar about Clint Dempsey? Is it just because he's thirty <laughs> five? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe there's something I don't know about it. I couldn't damn say, um, He's um, just such a that? symbol of the U.S. national team, Bryce. And, uh, oh, you know, there's such a huge rivalry, right, between L3 and, um, U.S. men's national team. And, uh, Dimsey has been a pain for L3, uh, on several occasions. So him 
him putting the um, icing on the cake late Wednesday night, uh, PT time, right, Pacific time, uh, last game of the of the bunch. I think that's uh, didn't probably help that he announced stormed up to the to the uh, to the to the stands with holding a finger over his mouth to tell him to be quiet. Um, he's a bit of a figure of hate, um, not just. <laughs> not just with uh, Liga MX or L3 fans. Um, he's not a popular figure here in Canada either, obviously because he plays for the U.S. men's national team, and uh, obviously also because he is one of Seattle's um, best players, and they're a big rival of the Vancouver Whitecaps. They are our biggest rival together with Portland. So um, I had I had a chuckle um, out of this. I I personally. Um, I mean, I'm a journalist. I do cover the Whitecaps um, as part of my job um, for Pro Soccer USA. So you know, I do cover them very closely, and I do have. But I do actually, I do actually kind of like Clint Denby. I think he's a very effective goal scorer, and he got the job done. <laughs> so it's 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 a bit of a funny one. So a bit of a funny side story. But yeah, he's on that that uh, the headline that I told you guys about. He's on the front picture, right? And then underneath it says, "As insulting, the unacceptable." Um, right. I mean, you don't really need to translate that. It's quite clear what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunate times for the MLS sides. But guys, just before we leave the Concacaf uh, Champions League, um, I think we're all in agreement that um, Club America are going to go through. Uh, speak now if you disagree. Nothing. That's what I expected. But um. Guys, let's take the other three fixtures. Um, I want you just to say who's going through. Tijuana versus uh, New York Red Bulls. Um, Oli? New York Red Bulls. And Manu? Same. New York Red Bulls. Yeah, that's three of us then, unfortunately. Let's go to Toronto versus uh, Tigres. Manu? All right, I'm going to fly the Canadian flag here, and I'm going to say Toronto. Ooh. Oli? I have, to, I have to go to Tigres. I'm going to go Tigres as well, so... Let's see how that one pans out, eh? Interesting times. And that leads hey. to five. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. The, the Canadian went, uh, the, uh, the German Canadian went for, uh, Canada. And the two, uh, and the Englishman and the Northern Irish guy went for Mexico, eh? <laughs> Multicultural, eh? Um, let's go for the final game though. We've got Seattle Sounders, um, uh, taking on, uh, Chivas. Um, obviously 1-0 to Seattle Sounders in the first leg. Um, Ollie. Who's going to go through on that one? I'll be going with Seattle to go through. And Manu? Yeah, it pains to me to say that, but I think Seattle. Yeah, I think Seattle as well. So it looks like Club America and Tigres uh, on the Colazzo pod. We fancy going through the others. Mm, let's see what happens. But we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Guys, let's um, now look at things domestically as uh, plenty's been going on there. Well, we've always talked about um, doing um, a Santos uh, watch. Um, Manu, is, 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 is now the time to do it? I mean, they're top. They're two points clear. <laughs> they're looking very good. I mean, it's, it's um, quietly silently quietly they have sneaked up all the way on top of the table and we're getting now to a stage of the competition where this is this is serious stuff now right um that this is 11 games played we are we're only 16 games away from the playoffs guys um let that sink in for a moment six six games away from the playoffs <laughs> that's seven weeks yeah i don't know where that's went i have no idea where that's went it's it's gone quick and they have won seven drew two lost two 
Um, yeah, I mean, scored the most goals in the league ahead of America, uh, only conceded 11. I, I think we're in the stage where we can say, yes, yes, uh, Santos Laguna are for real. I mean, where they are right now, they're certainly going to make the playoffs. And I mean, they were excellent this weekend, right? Oli, this is, this is a match that we both follow closely. They were absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I think what's also impressive in us as well, they did this without their star man, Janina. He missed out with some sort of like muscle tear mm-hmm. and they still were just able to pull them apart. I mean, I think who's a player that impressed me most is it Izzy Jara, who they signed from a, from the Caxa. It, one of the assists, I think, for the first goal was superb. You got Jonathan Rodriguez popped up with a couple of goals. It's like, and Furch got a lovely volley goal as well. It's like, they've, they've, even without Gene, they've got like three guys there who just fill in so well. And I mean, Monterey are not the team they were even like three months ago, but this was even so, this was a, a quite a statement from Santos Laguna to put themselves a couple of points clear, keep themselves two points clear and eight points clear of the team in ninth. I mean, they are looking very impressive right now. Mm. Oli, you know, we, we talk about um, them going through to Ligia. The, the, you know, at, at the moment with the football that they're playing, you know, they could even finish in, in first place. I mean, yeah, a lot can happen in the final few games, but uh, they are looking good. Um, firstly, was this um, something that you would have expected, um, you know, after the uh, Apertura? Uh, and I suppose, secondly, how do you think they're going to do when it comes to knockout football? I mean, from... The Aperture, not at all. They seem like a team completely bereft of any confidence at all. I think, I can't remember who, I can't remember who the manager was before then, but I think the guy's coming in, Siboldi, was been, he's like a, basically like a youth team coach who just sort of got promoted and he's just got them playing this really good style of football. I think it was an interview with Ginny who basically sort of just got them back to basics and just focusing on like the right things to do, which just seemed such an easy thing to say, but when implemented like this, it just works perfectly. Getting into that, I mean, if, if they keep up this form in the final six games, you've got to think they're going to be not even like dark horses, like one of the favourites to go to really challenge for the title. I mean, they won it a few years ago now when Kashina was a manager, but they haven't looked anywhere near as good as they did back then to like compare to now, which is three or four years. Really compared them with the other heavyweights who are always going to be the likes of America, Tigre, possibly Monterey. Okay, they're having a battle, but America and Tigre look like the two main challengers. They look as good as them right now. So, I, I would have ruled them out, maybe not winning it overall, but at least the way they're going, at least probably the semi-finals, if not the final. Yeah, and it wouldn't be the first time they had won a title. You know, this is no, this no. is this is a side that has has been competitive. I mean, they haven't been competitive in the time that we did the part, right? So we kind of no. brushed over them a little bit. But I mean, this is a team that has won um, one, two, three, four, five titles. Yes, I'm reading this off a document, and. Um, you know, won a Copa MX as well, and run, we were runners up in the Concacaf Champions League twice. So this is a team that, you know, or, or a club that has has a tradition of winning titles, even though they're very young. They were, you know, they were only founded 34 years ago in 1983, uh, in a in a part of Mexico that's kind of been lacking big time football beforehand. So, I mean, this is this is a bit of a uh, it's a bit of an equivalent of Bayer Leverkusen, a bit of a plastic club in some ways, but this is also a club that's, that's very well run, um, a team that does very well and does very good things. Um, and yeah, I mean, you, you see that now, I mean, they, as a club, they have sort of undermined the big sides, uh, in this mm-hmm. half of the season. Yeah, very much so. As Oli said, you know, you wouldn't have seen this coming, um, whatsoever, um, 
you did in the aperture, and yeah, they really, they really yes, sprung it on us, haven't they? Um, uh, Ollie, would would, would uh, well, what would you say to anyone that maybe says you know Monterey, um, you know, well, in fact, we'll, we'll ignore Monterey for the meantime, but you'd know, like to have uh, the other side say Tigres America. Well, not even mentioned Chivas either, but obviously them having uh, them having a, you know, you know, the Concacaf Champions League going on. That maybe that's a slight distraction for them. You, know, they may have one eye on that, and obviously trying to balance um, taking on uh, both competitions, and therefore uh, Santos Laguna are, are taking advantage of that. Yeah, definitely so because Santos Laguna, I just in the other, they are in the Copa MX, but they just like rotate pretty much every week for that maybe play a few strong players but yeah once they've got that out of the way they can fully focus on this obviously like Tigre's main thing at the moment is the CONCACAF Champions League if they get into the players of the, if they get into Ligia then that's just I think it's probably like just normal standard for them really same with America they'll, they'll probably get in there but they can they're most focused in the Champions League whereas Santos Laguna they can just absolutely go for the title now and just really put the pressure on the other side to show them we're here. I mean, they, they haven't, they've done this over 11 games now. It's not just like a good, like three or four game sort of burst. They've really shown that they're now consolidating themselves as potentially a big boy, a big hitter for, for this season as well. And I think they can, if, if they continue to play like this and they keep Siboldi and they keep Giannini as well and keep this form going up, they can probably hopefully try and be like a danger in the coming seasons. And I, I mean, coming up uh, next week, they're going to be taking on Puebla. Puebla, Lost to Atlas this week, a bit mm-hmm. unexpected. You're with Atlas, and you're sitting rock bottom, bottom of the table at the moment. But uh, I mean, th- this is going to be another test for them, isn't it? Um, Puebla have been on good form recently uh, up until this, and you have managed to uh, climb the table, you know, all the way up to six. Maybe a position that would have been um, unexpected by them as well. Um, Manu, how do you see that game going? Well, usually when I make a guess, I'm wrong. So, um. <laughs> well, then pick the team that you want to win and then bet against them. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, in all seriousness, I, I do think on current form, um, Oli, you, you probably know more about this, but Janini is supposed to be back for this game, right? So. Yes. Um, yeah, so Janini is going to be back, but even without Janini, the day, the one thing that I noticed in, in the game against Monterey is the, is the squad depth. Um, up front, you know, they have someone like Julio Fu, for example, up front. Um, you mentioned Martinez, right, Oli? Um, yeah, as, yeah. as well. So there is a lot of depth in the side. And, um, once you get going, you know, the thing, the, the thing with the short league format, Bryce, is that, um, a run means so much more, right? Because you string five, six, seven good results and you can really make a push for the very top of the table. So they have that going for them right now. And I think, um, that's that's a big advantage, and I, I the, the way they've been playing and the confidence that they've been displaying, and that that game against Monterrey was a perfect example for this. I can definitely see them beat uh, Puebla handily and further build on on their lead. Oh, most certainly, guys. I feel we need to talk about um, you know the teams that ended around them. So let's let's talk about second place, the America. We obviously touched on them having a rather easy ride in the uh, Concacaf Champions League. Being four 0 up against Toro, um, but the, they're sitting in second at the moment. They have drawn three games on the bounce, but uh, managed a, a win over a Leon at home uh, this weekend. And yeah, it's it, 
well, maybe drawing too many games at the moment. I mean, they've won five and drew six, um, but um, this will definitely have put them in the right stead um, going forward, pushing for that um, top spot. Um, Oli, I suppose the question is, um, can they finish top? And 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 secondly, how, how good have things been there since um, Nandis took over in the summer? Things have been pretty good with Club America. They're certainly they started a little. I think started a little bit. They're second in the league at the moment. But yeah, draw, they have drawn far far too many games at the moment, and looked uh, in some games just lacking some cutting edge. I think the games away at Veracruz and home to Tijuana, which have, I think a few games ago now sort of, sort of showed that a bit but when you've got someone like Menes who's slowly he's, take, he's going to take a time to adapt but I thought he was quite good at the weekend he sort of he, he was playing as like sort of, I think like a he's playing like alongside Peralta up front like a 4-4-2 which, which he's been doing recently and looks looking quite good they can, can they finish in top spot I mean I can't, I, at the moment I can't see them losing a game so I just don't see goals they look so solid at the back okay they might not be I mean, I say they might not be scoring a lot. They've got like 18 goals this season, which is, again, joint second best with uh, Pachuca and only behind Santos Laguna. But they do need a bit more cutting edge in games that are a bit where against teams who are going to, who, who will sit back against them, like, which is like the Veracruz and Tijuana did. But if there, there may come a, a time with Santos Laguna when they might drop off a little bit, but America do have, I mean, we talked about depth, depth of Santos Laguna. I think at Club America have a team, they have a ridiculously good depth. It's so, they, they're probably the only side, I think, who could pip Santos Grilla to the top spot, but they do need to sort of know how to beat teams who will play a real defensive style against them, which they still are struggling to figure out under Herrera. He can't seem to find the right tactic to uh, combat it. Yeah, it seems like uh, your Miguel Herrera is very good with his man management, and I think very good at... Um, while organising a, a, a side, especially at the back, and that's exactly what he's done with them over the two campaigns. They mm-hmm. have not conceded many goals, but scoring goals has always been uh, an issue, especially towards the end of the last campaign. I mean, it just seemed like they almost used their quota and had had nothing left in the, yeah. the last, um, I can't remember how many games it was, but um, on this occasion, I suppose 18 and 11 isn't anything spectacular, but it's, it's certainly a hell of a lot better than what we were seeing in the last, and they seem much—I I don't know—a more balanced um, mm. unit. Uh, I feel in the second half of the, um, well, second half of the season or the the class era. I mean, Manu, how do you see? Because this is going to be an interesting game, and this is a game that probably Santos would like to see as a draw. Um, America will be taking on Toluca this weekend. Yeah, and, and, and that's in a big game, right? That's the hunting pack. Um, I have a theory about America, um, and I'm, I'm curious what you guys think about this. I think the reason why Club America are doing relatively well is because so many of the other big sides are doing relatively poorly, um, mm. uh, with the exception of maybe Tigris, who actually have been doing very well late, as of late, right? But you look at Monterey, not great. Um, Pumas have sort of fallen away, so we expect a bigger thing from Pajuca, right? Um, so, I mean, the same could be in some ways said to about Santos Laguna. I think that there is, I think Club America doing as well as they are in the standings and in the games that they've been playing. Um, five wins and six draws is not exactly, uh, groundbreaking at this stage. I think they're doing so well because some of the other teams have kind of not 
shown up or have only recently shown up. And I, I would reckon the Tigers will pull, pull past them in the next, in the coming weeks, just simply because of the quality that they have. And I see miles of difference between Tigers and Club America at the moment. And I see differences between Santos Laguna and America as well. So I think, I reckon almost that what we're seeing right now in America is, is more of a weakness of the others than a strength of them. And Ollie, would you agree with that statement? And I suppose then the uh, follow-on question would be, is that why Toluca are so high as well, setting up in third? Yeah, I'd agree with that as well. And you also probably made the case of, maybe not Morelli, but definitely Puebla in six as well. There are some sides who have been poor for a while. I think you can include the likes of Cruz and Chivas, who you would expect much bigger things from them. They sit in 14, 15. I think a point I was going to add to that as well, I feel... We, I don't remember, especially the aperture, we talked a lot about the indiscipline that Club America had, but yeah. so far, okay, uh, if you exclude this weekend where they got, uh, I think Paul Aguilera got sent off towards the end, prior to that game, they only had one suspension so far, and that was to uh, a rebate in like the second or third game, I think. Mm-hmm. So you think just without like key players, like Guido Rodriguez seems to be missing like every other game, the amount of yellow cards and red cards he was picking up, but they seem to have sorted that out and be able to actually play like a normal starting 11 every game. That's just going to help things considerably, especially in defence where they seem to be losing a player every other week, basically. Now they've basically, barring a few injuries here and there, they've got a set back four slash five, depending on how Herrera plays it. Yeah, but I put money on it right now that Tigers will finish ahead of Club America. Maybe yes, maybe even first. Maybe even first in, mm-hmm. in the regular season. Yeah. Yeah, they just know how to do it, don't they? They're just efficient in that way. And uh, I suppose, as we said, you know, Gignac seems to have reappeared after um a, somewhat of a, a quiet spell by by his standards but we always know that tigress it's a world they... cup year bryce oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly i suppose we're gonna have to discuss at some stage especially if he scores in the next few weeks whether he can possibly get a uh, call up like he did yeah. for the euros um well let let's see let's see what happens i mean no one expected that right um Guys, uh, let's talk about maybe the sides that haven't done so well in in, in, in recent weeks. Um, uh, Monterey, obviously, um, the wheels seem to have come off the bus to to a certain degree. I mean, Ollie, what 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 exactly has happened? I mean, Apertura, they were they were invincible practically. You know, they they were unstoppable. There's so many goals, and they were just a a, a joy to watch. It seems like this time round, um. They're not just getting less goals, but they're also conceding a lot more than what they have. They did they're just not quite the same side. Yeah, I mean, I was just again just preparing for the pod, looking at um, just going over Monterey, earlier, and I'm just trying to think like, has Mohamed changed a tactic or something? Have they picked up some injuries? They got I couldn't I I can't figure out what's happened. Okay, they, they have suffered a few more injuries, but it's nothing like groundbreakingly bad. I just feel like it's just like. I feel like the whole team just are still suffering from that hangover of losing mm-hmm. in the uh, Coursera final. They, they just haven't got over that. And like, I feel like the, the form of Hurtado has probably been the most striking example. He missed the first few games with injury. I think barring maybe, off the top of my head, maybe two games where he looked good, he's, he, he's been really poor. I think well, he's hooked after 50-odd minutes at the weekend, which is just like he, he barely ever, ever comes off plus like 80 minutes normally. It just no impact at all from him. Pabon seems to have just, his form's dropped a bit. Carlos Sanchez, I think, is the one especially. He's been like, well, he has, sometimes he just missed out due to the, uh, the foreign player quota. So it's like, that normal front four of Hurtado, Fiers, Murray, Pabon, and Sanchez, just, they're just not working together. 
and it, it, it the fact they're not working together, they're, they're, they're not playing together. I don't. I think there hasn't been a time this season where all four of them have started. And you think that was just like their normal bread and butter starting four right there. So that's going to impact them going forward. And defensively, again, defense. I, I, I just I don't know what's happened defensively. It just seems to have just an entire the entire team has just sort of just stopped doing what they were doing, which made Monterey what we what, when we watched Monterey what we expected. It's just not. Nothing's just clicking for them right now, and it's just it's a hard one to sort of try and get out of when there seems to be like a not I wouldn't say toxic atmosphere because still that's probably going too far, but like a sort of like a cloud hanging over over Mohammed at the moment, thinking like how can I try and resurrect my team to what it was like three months ago? I was the third defeat in a row if you can include Koba and Max Bryce. Yeah, that's mm. that's um yeah, it's interesting. I, I just looked, you know, watched this game, and I just looked a little bit of the the statistics. It's really interesting. So, um, altogether, Santos Laguna had the majority of ball possession, um, which is no surprise. That's, that's usually what you see, right? But in mm -hmm. the first half, uh, Santos Laguna had 62% ball possession, right? Um, and in the second half, Monterey had 58% of the ball possession, which was, of course, when Santos Laguna were up, I believe 3-1, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and then they basically gave Monterey the ball, which is poison for them. I feel almost that if, um, if you, if you get an early lead, or if you break down, um, Monterey early, you have them, right? Because they just can't sit deep anymore, which is, yeah. which is the entire foundation of the way they play. And I, I would go as far as to say that they've simply been found out. And this happens to every coach. I mean, you look at, um, you look at, for example, Jurgen Klopp at Borussia Dortmund, Bryce. Yeah, after about, in about a second, halfway through a second season or third season, he was found out, you know, the, and then he, he adopted or involved. And sometimes you then drop games and you lose a few, right? Um, but I think they've just been found out a little bit and all the teams have just saying, okay, well, look, if you want to play that way, that's fine, but we're just going to find a solution. And uh, if that means that we're going to just sit deep, then we're just not going to give you the room to play your counter football, right? And that's just, that's as simple as that. So you, you get more teams playing more defensively, more teams sitting deep with layered defenses, um, doing, going on a break themselves. And that's how you get results like that. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you don't necessarily have to park the bus, as say, but you know, if you just sit back and don't give them that space to move into, you know, that that's where these, um, counterattacking football sides can, can really struggle, can't they? All of a sudden they're not used to trying to, to break it down. They can't find any space, especially if you have the speed demons that they do have. But um, if we look at their upcoming game, uh, they're going to be playing Carataro. And on any other occasion, you'd say, yeah, it's going to be a, a dropping. And uh, Monterey are at home. But Monterey in this uh, campaign have only won one game at home. And who's been the best team in the campaign away from home? Oli, do you want to guess? Is it Carataro? Yes, it is. Good man. <laughs> they've, they've won three out of uh, five um, and drew one as well. So all of a sudden, you know, which is, I suppose, uh, probably a lot of people are raising uh, their eyebrows at the moment because um, it's not what you expect from a team sitting in 13th. Probably also suggests how bad they've been at home. But that could be an interesting game. Just keep your eyes on. And it, it would more than likely mean that Monterey would fall out of the, the gear spots. Um so yeah, but we'll have to see how that one pans out. But Manu, we're gonna go back to you um, because we we have to. I mean, what 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 on earth is going on with Pumas at the moment? 
Oh man, that man came against Luca dreadful. <laughs> it was um yeah, I, I they wheels came off real fast. Seems to be a theme of theirs. Um but you know this it's not too late. If they find their groove a little bit, um then they they're still in that, that spot right there on even points with Monterey. But yeah, they they've been playing some real dreadful football um as of late, Bryce. And I think I think what they need is just a bit more depth up front. Um, this is like something that we mentioned, right? We thought they had it, but um, obviously teams have now been able to shut out Nico Castillo. And if you shut out Nico Castillo, that's pretty much it for them. So I think that pretty much sums it up in a nutshell. But yeah, I watched that game against Toluca um, on Sunday and I want those 90 minutes back. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. They're gone. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I suppose. Um, yeah, Ollie, do, do you know exactly what's gone wrong there? I mean, uh, you know, they were dreadful for so long, and then all of a sudden it looked like everything was resolved, and now they're dreadful again. I know it's like literally sort of like the week I sort of like left Liga MX, Pumas suddenly started doing dreadful. So I don't know if I sort of I left them put on some sort of curse, but they won like absolutely flying. But yeah, I just, I just don't understand. I think there's was well, I had a note down sort of a stat there is that in their the first out of the first six games they got fourteen points from the possible eighteen. They've got one point from their last five. It's like have the complete parallels. And I just don't again, it's sort of like Montreal. I just don't understand what the reason is. It's been again it's been the same team. There is that thing like Castillo's probably been found out a little bit, but I still think he's got like six goals this season, so it's not a bad return from him. Alastair, I think, has he, he started very well, but and he looked like he was going to link well with um, Nico, but that hasn't come off recently as well. And he, from some of the highlights, saw was quite poor at the weekend. Midfield isn't as strong now as they were starting. I think Marcelo Diaz had a great start to the Apicure, uh, sorry, Closera even, and his form's dropped off a little bit as well. It seems sort of like with Monterey, it's like a collective drop off in form, and it doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason for it. I mean, we know what they can do because they showed it like the first six games that they can absolutely destroy things when they need to and they just can't seem to do that right now. Well, that's it. It's a, it's, it's a, a bit of a mystery at the moment, isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, they're going to be taking on uh, Cruz Azul who managed uh, to win 5-0 against uh, Pachuca uh, this weekend. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, well, Ollie, you're, you're sitting there saying ridiculous. Um, how did this happen? <laughs> you're, t- tell us a, a little bit about this uh, performance. I mean, Cruz Azul were, were hardly having a good campaign. I, I mean, a dreadful campaign. I thought it was like one win in ten prior to this. And I sort of like, I think it was, it was 11 o'clock kicker, so I thought, okay, I might put this on for like the first 15 minutes, see how it goes before I go to bed. And they scored three goals in nine minutes. It was insane. It was, I, I think prior to this, they scored, what, eight goals all season. They scored five in, in that game. I mean, Mena for them was ridiculously good. I mean, he did pretty poor for quite a while now and to just turn on to put on that performance which is completely out of the blue just out of character for him I, I, yeah I mean Cruz again Kashina just isn't having the impact he was have, not having at all they're one of the sides who just seem to draw a lot normally they draw a lot of games but I think they've, they've now lost four as well which isn't great for them not scoring well some of the signings haven't come off I know they won five at the weekend but I think just in general it, it has been a very poor Coursera for them and not even a Coursera it's been a poor Mm. couple of years for them now where you think you expect so much of this side everyone keeps saying oh they're still one of the big teams still one of the big teams but in reality they're, they're just not in the table they sit 14th 
they're four points off Monterey, they're what, 12 points off the top. They just seem to be plodding along. And Okay, they pulled out this ridiculous performance against Pachuca, who, had, again, Pachuca just a bit of a weird side at the moment, but totally out of character for Cruz and totally out of character for how they've been, really. Just, hmm. I don't know, I don't know if they're just like a nothing team, but they're just sort of there and they don't offer a lot. Their games aren't normally that exciting as well. Yeah, that's a, a bit of a shock um, mm-hmm. in, in that game as, as well. We've had, had quite a few um, different uh, shocking uh, results in, in previous weeks, uh, haven't we? Um, I, I feel we're getting... Um, yeah, we're going to have a lot more to talk about in, in the coming weeks. Um, Manu, can we possibly um, just ask the question, what's going on with Landon Donovan? Everyone always is asking me, how is he doing in the in the Liga MX campaign at the moment um can you fill us in i mean what that does have we seen any sparks from him so far no <laughs> there's not much <laughs> happening with him at all um i guess we sort of expected this didn't we that he wouldn't be getting much playing time that it would take time for him to if ever find his legs so yeah it's um a bit of a story non-story in some ways isn't it um, when you when you think it's like yes he's, he's thereabouts yes um, he's in the squad came on to play 15 minutes um, on the weekend it's kind of just hard to find playing time for him you know when there's points on the line um, so it's it, I find he's almost like a player that they brought in to to market the side a little bit but it's just yeah how do you do it when there's important points on the line right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly it, you know. Um, I just, I'm going to be rather pessimistic about it all and say that I don't feel we're going to see too much of Landon Donovan in uh, Liga MX. Um, uh, Ollie, uh, there's some people uh, just uh, mentioning uh, before we talk about the relegation battle and as we near the end of the uh, podcast that said this weekend uh, there was only one Mexican scorer. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that something that is maybe being read into too much? I mean, there are all sorts of nationalities playing in Liga MX, like there is in all the leagues um, around the world, but is this an overreaction, um, as it being pointed out, or uh, is it something to be concerned of? I don't think it's an overreaction as such, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I mean, I was just quickly scrolling through the uh, top scorers, in Liga Mex. There are some Mexican top scorers, but the top goal scorer at the moment is Henry Martin. Last goal was in February. Then you've got Panchito Gonzalez from Monterey, February as well, his last goal, and Polito is February as well. It's like, if any of these players are trying to push for a place in the Mexican squad, none of them are doing much of a job, really, of trying to even get there. I think even just looking at top assists, it's, some, it's uh, Alvarado from the Caps, who's probably not going to get near the uh, Mexico squad as well. So, it's definitely... So, I wouldn't say it's a worry because there will always be Mexican scores. I think was it did the guy this week in score was it um it was Chivas youngster, oh, I can't remember his name, uh, Macias. So again, like a that's, that's like a nineteen year old to get getting the goals. So it's not like it's a recognizable I wouldn't say household name, but maybe outside of like Chivas and the hardcore fans. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on. But then it's like I said, there are foreign players who play in all all the world all the leagues across the world. So maybe it's not like a massive worry, but I feel like if there wasn't players like in the top sort of 10 goal scores, then it would be a little bit of a worry. Yeah, it's an odd manner, isn't it? It's, it's, it's bizarre that we've seen them all dry up um, in goal scoring form <laughs> of recent weeks. 
Um, I mean, as Ollie pointed out, you know, um, Henry Martin um, scored back in, in February, didn't he? But, I mean, he's the highest Mexican goal scorer in, in the campaign with uh, five goals, but in saying that, he always seemed to score five goals in like two or three games, didn't he? Just mm-hmm. burst onto the scene. Um, there seems to be a lack of consistency um, from uh, Mexican strikers at the moment, and ahead of the uh, the World Cup, that's not exactly what Osario is going to want to see. Well, it doesn't really offer him a lot of depth beyond Lozano and Chicharito, does it? And I mean, Chicharito is not exactly shooting the lights out in England either. So, yeah, it's not it's not good news. Um, it does this, this is it's it's something made that's um, that that needs to be addressed in this league a little bit. Is the the fact that there's not that many um, Mexican-born superstars at the moment, right? Um, we, we, how many times have we talked about Jürgen Damm and his stall development, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a favorite topic of Ollie's. <laughs> don't, don't get me started. Uh, yeah, no, that's not. We don't have enough time. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, we look at Lainey's was not getting enough playing time either. When you compare that to, um, what's happening at the White Cup for now with Alfonso Davis, right? Who was playing lots, um, at the same age than Lainey's. And he's, it's just, it's just something that they need to watch. Um, I feel, I get a little bit of a sense. I mean, this might be all proven wrong in the next couple of days when, if the MX sites kill the teams, uh, the MLS teams, it could happen. It's quite possible. Um, then the, the statement might be wrong, but I get sort of a sense that, um, MLS is sort of, um, putting in an extra gear and kind of passing them in, in many regards. And one of those things is even player development because I feel like that they're almost doing a bit of a better job and not even. So something to keep an eye on for the league. I mean, this is this is important because I mean, um, they need to produce players as a country the size of Mexico. It's actually almost a miracle that they've never won the World Cup, given how good their league is, given how good their infrastructure is, and how many people they have uh, population-wise. And so this is something that they need to keep an eye on. Yeah, most certainly. Um, I think Rosario will be hoping that somebody can start scoring some goals ahead of the uh, World Cup. It'd be nice to see them do well and get into the knockout phase. I think we're all hoping for that. But we've got plenty of time to talk about that. Um, Ollie, I suppose um, just one of the last few things we're going to touch on on the podcast this week is uh, Veracruz. We've got to touch a little bit on the relegation battle. And do we see them being able to pull out of this uh, relegation um uh, obviously, we've mentioned that relegation is a bit different in League MX. Um, it comes down to the average uh, over three seasons in the points. Uh, and it gets a little bit confusing with Lobos being down there as well. Uh, but d- do we see uh, Veracruz being able to um, change the position and maybe Lobos or uh, Atlas going down? Absolutely not. Veracruz are going down. <laughs> down. Down. Yeah. That, was a, that was a lot quicker than I expected. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, I watched a little bit of... Uh, Monarchus game back earlier today and they were just dreadful. Again, really, really bad. I think defensively they were absolutely shocking. I think I had, I had to look at who this guy was that they signed. Sense back Christian Ramos. They got him from some, who was it? Uh, Gymnasia from Argentina. Absolutely horrendous. Second, second half. He was all over the place. Monarchus could have won this by a lot, lot more. I think even going back to the, the Lobos game where they got absolutely destroyed 5-0, that was, I mean, that was really bad, and that could have been a lot worse then as well. I think Hernandez, the goalie, had a really good game, but they're, they're, no, they're not a good side. 
not scoring goals. Menendez, who I thought was actually quite a decent striker, he hasn't scored at all for them this um Clausera. I think that was a was the last stat that I saw. Basically he he'd scored um uh, they got fourteen goals in the Apertura and he scored five of them. And oh, no, sorry, he scores he scored six of their fourteen goals. And you think so far in the um because they've got five goals, five goals of overall. He hasn't got any of them. Just like his goals miss are making, not being there, making a massive impact. But even without him, even if he was scoring goals, I, they, I cannot see any way, even if Lobos lose every single rest of the game, I just can't see Veracruz pick up any more points, if not even a win. They're just not a very good side. Sorry to any Veracruz fans who are listening. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, I'm sure they might be agreeing with you, they, <laughs> uh, if they're being honest. Um, Manu, we, we see in this coming week Veracruz taking on Atlas. Uh, that That's going to be some tough watching, I would imagine. You're the team in 16th, playing the team in 18th. Um, Veracruz also, if you look at the stats, have the worst um, home record. So, um, I mean, how do you see this one going? Do you see nil-nil? Do you see Atlas maybe sneaking a win? Does anyone care? Is, is that what you're going to say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something like that. <laughs> Is anyone going to watch it? I mean, uh, you basically have to be paid, like a be a paid commentator or a fan of one of the two teams to watch this. Um, it's not voluntary watching anyhow. Uh, you know, Atlas and Corey are going to win this and that, that's going to be it. And with the, the changes that are coming in for promotion and relegation, right, they will be the last relegated team for a while because um, mm-hmm. then... The next two seasons, there will be a promoted side, but no relegated side as the league is going to 20 teams. So yeah, that's unfortunate, but maybe it's about time, um, that someone just kills off Veracruz, um, <laughs> because they've been bad so long. And, uh, yeah, you can make a Guys, joke, I, a joke I about just, extinction I, and sharks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just looked at my notes as well. You, I, I obviously mentioned that Veracruz are the worst team, um, in the Cosera at home, uh, not picking up a, a single win, only two draws. Well, Atlas are um, joint the worst team on the road, and they have not picked a single point up on the road. So, oh, good yeah. lord, um, I can't imagine this being anything more than either a draw or maybe a, a, a very closely fought Veracruz win. But I, I, I sorry, I, I actually think it might be. I don't know stick up for now, Veracruz. I think it might be quite a decent game because surely Veracruz have to know that it, this is a massive chance to win a game. So surely they, they'll have to go for it. I mean, they probably might have the players to do it, but surely they know to have any chance to stay up, they'll have to be beating the likes of Atlas at home. If they can't do that, then they don't deserve to stay up. But you feel like they'd have to go for it at least. Well, Oli, you've, you've answered then my next question. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that, that is each uh, person's um, game of the week. Oli's is sorted. Uh, Veracruz oh, taking on Atlas. For anyone in the UK um, that would like to watch that, that's going to be on uh, midnight on the on the 19th. So, um, yeah, good luck staying up for that one. Oli will be joining you, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> Manu, uh, what game are you going to highlight um, going into this week's fixtures? Or definitely the Chivas Tigers game. <laughs> Can't believe Oli did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he had to go for the. Oh, there's, oh, there's, there's, there's something to be said about a good relegation fight. Right, well, that's that's it. Maybe it'll be the game of the week. You never know, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> no, no, no vote of confidence there whatsoever from I'm trying any to think of how, how I could save it. Maybe you might see Ravel Morrison play. Yeah, possibly. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'll then pick um, a third game, and I'll go for the uh, Club America versus Luca. That second versus a yeah. uh, third. Um, uh, guys, I think that more or less does it for this week. I've I've enjoyed myself. Hopefully, all the listeners have as well, and both of you fellas. Um, Ollie, what have you got going on this week? Um, is it right in saying that you've got no Swedish football to be watching this week? I don't have any live Swedish football to be watching. I have to watch some uh, cup games that are played at the weekend. Apart from that, I might watch some friendlies that are played in indoor sports centres. But apart from that, I have a relatively nice schedule for two and a bit weeks. Well, you, you and your your mum tells you if you haven't got something nice to say, don't say it at all. Exactly. That that means we're going to move on to Manu. <laughs> Manu, what have you got going on this week? Uh, we have a big Champions League week on both continents because we have uh, the preview for Tigers versus Toronto. It's already up on Football Cidade. And then, of course, the Champions League previews. And then, of course, the European previews and then match report duty for Bayern. And match report duty for Dortmund, for Sal, uh, for Leipzig. I'm pretty sure there's some other stuff going on. Yeah, the Football Grad podcast will be out tomorrow. We have a special guest on the, on that podcast, um, talking about things that have been happening in Greece. So, um, looking forward to that. And yeah, that's pretty much it. You can, I mean, that's, that's all that's going on. So a relatively normal week, I guess, Bryce. It's a, a normal busy week for, uh, you and the, uh, Football Grads and Network. Um, I suppose, guys, if if you want to check out um, any of the match reports, because um, there's going to be loads of them there, you know, and um, lots of other interesting articles, head over to at Football Grad Live on Twitter. There's going to be so much content on there. Also, um, head over to at Golazzo Podcast, which is um, our page's Twitter um, handle. And if, if you feel like you have any questions, um, you can either um, contact either of those or any of the three of us. Um, it'd be good to hear from you. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please leave um, some positive comments on the likes of iTunes and what else. I've been your host, Bryce Dunn. You can find me on Twitter at Bryce11. Um, and that's more or less, does it? Anyone else got anything to say? Watch okay. Atlas Veracruz. <laughs> there we go. That more or less does it. Okay, thank you and good night. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.